to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. Heads up, this episode was originally recorded under a different podcast name, so you might notice me refer to it. I brought all of the episodes here so that you can catch up on the party. Enjoy! Hey athletes, and welcome back to episode three in the Train Your Mind mini-series. I'm so glad you're here. Winter has paid us a very special visit here in Bozeman, and it feels so right to record this with snow falling outside my window. I kind of feel like I have all of you here with me, snuggled up with some tea, ready for story time the best kind of story time. Let's get to it then. What I want to talk to you about in today's episode is in response to a question I received after last week's episode, which friendly reminder, send your questions in. If you've got them, anything is fair game. My email address is linked in the show notes. So in last week's episode, I talked about failing and quitting, how it's important to cultivate a life where you fail more and quit less. Failure is how you learn to succeed because you figure out what doesn't work to figure out what does. So here's the question that I received. The listener says, I was intrigued by this idea and I want to understand it more. I find that I quit on myself a lot and I don't really want to, but it feels like I can't help it. So when I quit, it feels like failing. How do I know the difference and how do I learn to fail the right way? I absolutely love this question. It's a deep dive and gives me the chance to introduce another important aspect of failure. So back to the question, I want to address the first part first. I find that I quit on myself a lot and I don't really want to, but it feels like I can't help it. That part. Remember quitting is a habit and justifying quitting is a skill. So you're simply in the habit of quitting and you find comfort there. So you keep repeating the same pattern. I actually want to use myself as an example here. So the badass that is Haley Chura, she's my triathlon coach. And as most of you know, (laughs) she's quite the swimmer. So when I first started working with her a few years back, I felt like I was in over my head. Intervals were faster than I'd ever tried before. We were doing butterfly. Like what even is that breathing in weird intervals? And to be honest, I would quite often have tears in my goggles (laughs) and it got to the point where I would read my swim like before going to the pool and I would see, let's say two hundreds on a certain interval. And immediately my shoulders would tense, my head would drop and I would dread going to swim. And so I would get to the main set with those 200s included. The first one would be okay. And then I would lose it all in the second one. My form would break down. I'd miss the interval by a substantial amount and barely hang on emotionally and physically for the remainder of the swim. So this was my quitting habit. And I would justify it by telling myself the intervals were too fast or my lack of swim background was holding me back. Now, I tell you this story and some of you are like, wait, I don't hear any quitting. You didn't get out of the pool, but here's the thing. I didn't have to get out of the pool to quit. I quit on those intervals well before I even got in the pool. 
You see, our brains play tricks on us if we're not paying attention. It tells us all the reasons why we should brace ourselves for this not going well. I quit ahead of time by deciding I wasn't strong enough to attempt those 200s at the prescribed interval. So I'd go for one and then hold effort for the remainder. But I knew deep down, I chose to quit instead of going for a productive failure and learning from it. As I said last week, the act of not quitting is not hard. Just like not eating the donut is not hard. (laughs) What's hard are the emotions we're left with when we don't quit or when we resist the urge to eat the donut. But those emotions are what we have to deal with. And most of us try not to deal with at all costs. Emotions like disappointment or embarrassment are not emotions by default most of us would choose to feel. But the interesting thing is, we're just choosing a different flavor of negative emotion when we quit, namely regret or guilt or disappointment in a different form. As triathletes, we seem to think our physical training is separate from our emotions, but it's not. It's one and the same. Your emotions are a key factor to your performance success. How you manage your mind when it wants to quit matters. How you manage your mind around failure matters. Okay, one more note on quitting. At a higher level of success, we quit less because we understand and see how clearly it does not support our goals. What determines our success is our level of commitment. Our level of commitment is determined by our compelling reason. Some people refer to this as your why. Either way, in order to truly commit and break the habit of quitting, your reason has to be compelling enough to break through the BS drama your brain offers you for why quitting is the better option. Okay, let's circle back to the question I received because now I want to talk about the second part. The listener says, so when I quit, it seems like I'm failing. How do I know the difference and how do I learn to fail the right way? Here's how. You ready? It's the difference between productive versus unproductive failure. But before we get into specifics, I want to offer that the years of endurance a successful athlete has is simply years of failures, years of figuring out what doesn't work to figure out what does. This can be true for training, nutrition, sleep, really all of the aspects of our training. Consider failure as necessary. And here's the deal. When you achieve a goal, you don't automatically graduate from this either. That next level, that next goal will require a new set of failures along the way. And that's why it's important to distinguish the difference between productive and unproductive failure. Productive failure is the cycle of taking action, learning from every failure, keeping going until you succeed. It's taking action even without knowing if it's the correct action, if it's the action and the training that's going to get you to your goals. Productive failure is not knowing the how and failing and then learning and taking more action and then failing and then learning. (laughs) When you're in this cycle, a result is produced. Something of value is produced as a result. That something could be fitness, 
adaptability, knowledge, skill, time, etc. It either produces a tangible, very specific result, or it will produce growth in the form of more knowledge. Even if that knowledge is of what doesn't work, that's still knowledge. This is the failure that happens when you're learning and trying new things. And productive failure only happens through application, through taking action, through trying new things. You cannot simply read a book on bike intervals. You have to get on the bike and try them. You have to take the action that will produce a result, and then you get to learn from that result. I always encourage athletes to evaluate their training sessions. And I don't mean good or bad. It's not a binary. There is so much to learn from each training session. So productive failure produces results. And then you evaluate those results. That evaluation process is what creates success. So that could mean that productive failure is the how to success. But be careful here that you don't make productive failure mean that you aren't succeeding. So last year, I was learning and productively failing all the way to qualifying for Kona. Crazy that it was just last year. At that time, I didn't know the difference between these different types of failure. And I was just living in what felt like a state of like general failure. And I think the general failure thought was, I'm never going to get this. And this would have led to a lot of unproductive failure, but I caught myself in those thoughts and I created productive failure instead. So before my KQ, I was trying new things, failing all over the place, running hillier routes to prepare for my hilly Ironman course, swimming more, doing longer race pace intervals and massive win on the bike. And some sessions were completed as planned. Others most definitely were not, but the result was that I was winning or learning. I was getting it done as written or I was learning, period. Those are the only two things that can happen when you productively fail. You win or you learn. I raced the same Ironman two years in a row. In 2018, I didn't have a good race. I actually wondered if I might not make it to the finish line. Prior to that race, I unproductively failed a lot. I also had a lot of success expectation that we might talk about in a future episode, but then in 2019, I qualified for Kona and not in my most perfect unicorn of a race, but a race that was built upon a season of learning from my failures and knowing that I was on my way to a KQ race in part because I was willing to weather the failure storm. It was almost sweeter that way. So now let's talk about unproductive failure. Unproductive failure is unproductive because it produces nothing. It happens before you take action and when you don't take action. Let's say that you go out for a long run and you have a fear response about how you imagine the productive failure will feel. So like not hitting two by six minutes race intervals in the second half of the run. You imagine running, trying those intervals and not hitting them. And you imagine what that will feel like. So you don't take the action because you don't want to take the action out of fear. You don't want to start the run or the intervals while feeling the fear of potentially not hitting them. But when you do nothing, you produce nothing, no knowledge, no skill or learning, no action 
is unproductive failure. The most important part to know is this is your brain trying to avoid what you are making the failure mean and how that meaning you assign will make you feel. You assign the meaning and then it makes you feel a certain way, but you're the one who assigned the meaning in the first place. This is the train your mind part, people. (laughs) So it looks like this. You make it mean, well, if I don't hit these intervals, then I'm definitely not on track to hit my race goal. Why did I even set the goal in the first place? What will my coach think? So from that place, you might be feeling sad or vulnerable, heavy emotions, yes? So in an effort not to feel sad or vulnerable, you create a justification for changing the intervals or taking them out entirely. So if you're paying attention, tying this all together, unproductive failure is quitting. But there is another choice. You must be willing to feel the fear and take the action anyway. Stop resisting it. Yes, you might fail. But by taking the action, doing the training session, learning from it, communicating the results with your coach, you are productively failing. You are bringing yourself one step closer to succeeding. Now, you may be a person who succeeds right out of the gate. Not me, but that might be you. You may find success in difficult training sessions, difficult weather conditions, or maybe you consistently hit your goals. If this is you, think about it this way. When you aren't willing to fail, you aren't truly willing to succeed. So your goals are too small. Okay, so here's what I want everyone to try. Think about your last 20 training or racing fails. Label what they were, either productive or unproductive. What percentage were productive failures and what percentage were unproductive failures? Think about these questions. Did you attempt the training session as prescribed and learn from it? Or did you do the training session after training session without learning anything from it? Or did you not train at all? How much time did you spend thinking about training, but not actually doing it in the way it was prescribed? Answering these questions will help you see why you're not progressing the way you want to. Okay. So get after your training this week, productively fail, work on what you're making it mean, and stay committed to that productive failure. That's it for this week. Thank you to the listener who sent in the question. If you want your questions answered, send me an email. My email address is linked in the show notes. Until next week. Hey, it's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri-coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.